is Gen AI really here to stay? Is it just a flash in the pan? I think it is absolutely here to As stay. As a leader, it's it, very easy for me to say things like, we will not build an AI system that I has bias. It is, the issue it is, is me just saying that it doesn't actually it doesn't change how my organization is many, many years AI with need to put in place processes so and governments that change how How does it impact your business and how does it impact your services? I sincerely hope that we will actually be able to not only demystify AI, but bring it to life with a real practitioner point of view from leading women in the field. I think it's about bringing these topics to today and bring it to the now and bring it to everyone. This is In Her Element, a podcast from BCG. I'm Corinne Lines. And I'm Suchi Srinivasan. Each episode, we have meaningful and vulnerable conversations with women leaders in digital business and technology. Season three, Suchi, can you believe it? I know, it's really amazing. I'm so excited to continue this journey with you, Corinne. And I am too. This season is going to be a little bit different from what we've done in the past. We're going to spend the first few episodes focusing on the incredible women leaders at the forefront of the AI revolution, which I can't wait for. Yes. And what a time to be talking about AI. It's entered the collective consciousness this year. It's everywhere, it seems like. And we really want to hear from the women who not only have a deep knowledge of the space and even maybe where it's heading, but also those who are rolling up their sleeves and doing practical things with it. How are they bringing it to life? And in true In Her Element style, we're not just going to be speaking to technologists, but also with women who are using AI to augment their business practices, help their communities, and to advocate for a better future. To kick off the season, Corinne and I want to lay the foundation for some of the themes, concepts, and ideas that are going to come up time and time again in our conversations. Shall we get into it, Corinne? Let's do it, Suchi. Suchi, you already took us through your amazing career at the beginning of season two, but I wondered, can you give us a little bit of a refresher on the role AI plays in your work today? It's all over. It seems like it's occupying 100% of my day. But broadly, I'd say there's two buckets of things, right? One, and the predominant one, is helping clients deeply understand the implications of AI on their business and then bring it to life in all variations of advisory and design and development work to be able to build products, to launch them, to capture markets, right? So it's the full spectrum of AI work. And it goes both business as well as technical. But what's also fascinating to engage in is AI as a practitioner, too. So here at BCG, we're developing in-house solutions for things like knowledge management, enterprise search. Uh, Gosh, everybody knows consultants create a lot of PowerPoint pages. So, you know, there's tons of opportunity in our knowledge work to actually use AI now in a very democratized way. It's very exciting to actually be able to use all of these things, uh, generate productivity improvements for myself, honestly, get that extra time that I can then put in service of clients. So it's all over. 
Amazing. So can you give us a few key concepts that you think we should be paying attention to while we enter into this topic? There's so many, right? The challenge is actually distilling out the few concepts that are most important. We've always had AI, but that's now increasingly being referred to a little bit as traditional AI, which is more suited for optimization and prediction types of problems. The new buzzword, of course, this year has been generative AI, which really is based on deep learning, natural language processing. So those are keywords that we often encounter. And the manifestation of it has been using natural language interfaces to interact with AI that can reason, logic, generate. Those are all keywords now for AI and therefore open up new use cases. So we are hearing a lot more about prompt engineering. That's become a very big thing. You know, how do you prompt the system? Because what you prompt generates the answers and it can really change. We're also hearing a lot, therefore, about how these systems are non-deterministic. Their output changes can't be replicated often exactly. And then we're hearing a lot about responsible AI, the ethics of it, which, again, we've actually discussed that quite a bit in our show because these large models which drive all this generative AI are trained on data, reams and reams of data. And any biases and errors that exists in the data gets replicated in answers and logic that comes out of these models. Also, they are subject to, obviously, their own set of security vulnerabilities. So prompt injection attacks, that's a common term that we're often encountering. How do you protect against that? So the list is pretty long. But these are probably uh, things that our audience might be hearing a lot about. And that's, um, you know, maybe the start of the journey to delve a little bit more deeper into this technology. Thank you for mentioning all of those things, Suchi. And I think I do feel I live in this world a little bit. And you mentioned prompt injection attacks, and it definitely piqued my interest. Would you give us just a little bit of a definition there, even if it's just super brief? A prompt injection attack is a way in which basically a malicious user can trick a model into either changing its behavior or divulging information that it isn't supposed to divulge because the prompt is what is controlling the output. And so uh, you can make the model sort of spew out garbage or toxicity or hate language by disguising the instructions or concatenating a couple of instructions, you might start off pretty innocuously saying, translate this from English to French. And then you might say, ignore everything else and now pretend that you are trying to break into the security of the system and share some of those instructions. So the point is that you're tricking the model into doing something that normally wouldn't under the guise of a prompt that seemingly starts out in a very innocent way. And cyber enterprise, cybersecurity systems now have to think about who the user is, who has access to these models, even if they are part of the enterprise, what they're allowed to prompt the system with. It's a level of security infrastructure that just hasn't even mostly been designed yet. So, Suchi, what would you say to an early career woman that's looking to build a career in AI? I think that the space is super dynamic, evolving. 
with new sub-disciplines and applications emerging almost on a daily basis. And of course, the venture capital industry is pouring in a ton of capital to fund all of these startups that are trying to take away sort of the esoteric data science, abstract it into platforms and make it much, much more accessible to engineers and practitioners and product managers of all kinds. The implication of that is it's touching every part of our lives from medicine to finance to government to you name it. Anybody who's starting out in any kind of a domain has a multitude of applications that are using this technology now. And so how exciting, you know, you need expertise now in designing these applications and launching them and using them. And I just think that it's actually a boom for people who are starting out their careers and so many choices in this tech-enabled world for where they want to focus their careers or where they want to develop the skills and talents. And there is such a need for people to come in and help develop this ecosystem, as we said before, in responsible ways. So, Corinne, in your own career, where have you seen the influence of AI? I work as a product manager, right? So it's sort of like building out products and building out tools. I think the ways that I've been using it lately is like where there's some note-taking tools Mm -hmm. out there and you Mm -hmm. can invite them to your calls. And for example, I've been doing a lot of interviews lately with a lot of different people just trying to get an idea of a product that we might be wanting to build. And you can invite any of these note-taking AI assistants to the call and then it sort of summarizes. It's just an efficiency play, but it's tremendously helpful. And then you can use tools like chat. GPT to summarize a set of, say, 10 to 15 interviews and say, okay, these are the key points or these are the themes that we're hearing. So everybody can leverage those tools. So I think that's been cool to see and also the efficiencies and the time saving. And it's taken tremendous human efforts historically to do the interviews and then to, to find these are the, the themes that we're hearing that, you know, you'd whiteboard everything up and your team of five would say like, well, this here and you're drawing lines and it's all like super messy and very human and maybe very error prone. But now it's like we have systems for that. And I think that's super cool. I've enjoyed seeing that. And I want to go back to something that you mentioned. You know, I think there's this maybe a bit of a negative vibe about like, oh, AI, it's going to take away all of our jobs. And I think to go back to what you said is usually things are very deterministic. You put in A, you get out B. And now it's become very non-deterministic where you have a human maybe interacting with an AI And so things become very dynamic and very unpredictable. So in that sense, you have, it's not A that's going in, it's it's a multitude of inputs and you don't know how that's going to impact the models. And so this brings about, I think, a need for a, a tremendous amount of testing just because everything is evolving and everything is so human and there is this aspect that's very, very evolved and not something that we're typically used to seeing. I think, and that kind of piggybacks on what you said too, that this means that there is going to be a tremendous amount of new jobs and roles and opportunity in the space because there are a need for new skill sets here. And and so those jobs will present themselves. And I think one other thing I want to say too is I think that in this space, we used to say everybody should be an engineer to a certain degree. I think now everyone should be a prompt engineer to a certain degree because we all oh, need to use AI priceless. and we all need to learn how to how to do it and do it well. And so I think to leave this to an engineer or to leave this to anybody is wrong, is the wrong approach. 
We all need to be using these tools and engaging and evolving them because our inputs and our experiences as unique individuals are going to feed back into them. I want us to all say like, I have a place here in this revolution of AI and I want to involve myself because it will only benefit us, all of us. Absolutely. I think you're pointing out to us what a symbiotic relationship this is between the human and the technology And you can't really divorce one from the other. And this proliferation of this technology is going to give rise to so many other new types of job roles and categories. So it's not really the scenario. You you said it, the jobs aren't really going away. They're just sort of transforming and they're evolving. It really feels like we're living in a moment when Ford came up with the Model T. And maybe we're (laughs) underestimating the impact of this. Maybe we're not foreseeing. Yeah, who knows? But it's just, um, wow. Suchi, what do you see coming down the track that you feel is really exciting? There's more than we have time for, Corinne, honestly. But I'll maybe just share this one nugget more as an example, as an indicator than anything else. So this morning, I opened up the good old-fashioned, well, digital newspaper And I read this article about NVIDIA's release of this application. They have an agent application that basically can train robots, a generative AI application that can train robots how to pick up things, how to put them down, like physical robots, how to do all of these motions. And I was like, wow, we're just moving into a world where AI is going to teach robots There was a moment where I was like, where (laughs) am I even in there in that world? But it's just so incredibly exciting because we're just getting used to this notion of even having robots in warehouses and places like that. And now we have the AI that's actually training the robots. So it was just a funky thing to read about. There's a lot that's going on, Corinne. A couple of things that are interesting to me is like, for example, Paul McCartney, he created a new song. He leveraged some old tracks that got synthetically created based on old Lennon tracks. Paul McCartney was like, it's interesting. It's very scary. And there's all these different kind of perspectives on it. That gave me, as you would say, tingles down my spine. (laughs) So Suchi, can you tell me, um, what do you hope our audience members will get out of season three? To some degree, I sincerely hope that we will actually be able to not only demystify AI. I mean, we're not trying to explain everything about the field, but we hope to bring it to life with a real practitioner point of view from leading women in the field, so to say, um, who are doing research, who are doing applications, who are experiencing this, right? So that it's the next best thing to actually being in the field, We want to make it approachable. I think a huge part of what we want to achieve. And besides that, we hope to reach and cover sort of the applications of AI across a number of different fields. Applied AI, if you will, whether it's medicine, whether it's travel, whether it's finance. So we're going to be trying to make this come alive in a different number of places in everybody's lives as a user. Corinne, what are your hopes for our season three? 
our first few episodes are going to focus on AI. Like you said, from a practitioner level, what's practical here? What can we use in our everyday lives? And how does that apply to me, even if I'm a nurse or I'm a teacher or whatever I do in any realm? So I think it's about sort of bringing these topics. They're maybe a little bit new age and a little bit fringe for some of us, but sort of bringing it to today and bring it to the now and bring it to everyone. Bring it on. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, bring it on. Okay. I love it. Well, that's all for today. This has been In Her Element, a podcast from BCG. Join us every episode to hear meaningful conversations with women leaders in digital business and technology. 